Two peas, Two and, peas a and a bong. Two peas and a bong. Two peas, Two and, peas a bong. and a bong. Two peas and a bong. Alright y'all, two peas in a bong in the building, it's your boy DP. It's your boy KP. And a shaking but not stirred bong, what's going on? <laughs> Let's get into this, talk about this uh, NBA All-Star Weekend. Um, but before we do that, man, did y'all, just thinking about the last episode that we had about Deion Sanders at Jackson State, did y'all catch the Grambling versus Jackson State game? <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, it's a pretty good game, man. Unfortunately, I caught that box score. <laughs> hey man well that popped in my head because i'm thinking about obviously about the last episode but just hbcus in general and when i'm thinking about the nba all-star weekend they kept pushing the hbcu thing throughout the whole entire program mm -hmm. um dp yeah you you know i was I was trying to, I was trying to reconcile with my, with my emotions, how I felt about that. Ah, oh, tell me about it. Tell it, me it, about it it. 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 it felt like charity, didn't it? It, it, it felt like, it did. It felt like charity. It did. Like, let's, let's go. You know what? You, you know what it did to me, Uban? You remember when we were talking about the Super Bowl and how they did all of the pushing the black, you know, the yep. black line for the Super Bowl. Yep. It felt yep. like that. But then I'm like, this is the the only thing I could say is the NBA has kind of pushed some of those things before and they haven't drawn that hard line that the NFL has where, you know, we, we singing, you know, we shall overcome and and, you right. know, the black national anthem and the right. NFL is like lift every what nigga, right. please, you right. know, right. Right. but right. go ahead. T tell me about it. Man. Yeah, nah, it was um, it was. That was that was the part that I struggled I struggled with, but you know, knowing that I think behind the scenes CP3 is doing a whole lot, and he is like, is he still is he is he like vice president of the Players Association or what is this title? He might be president of the uh, yeah. of the Players Association. It is Chris Paul, president. Okay. The president. Yeah, yeah. I knew he had a I knew he had a title, you know. But even though I struggled with it. As to like, man, why are y'all pushing this? You know, but again, it's the George Floyd effect, right? This is the year of the black folk. And, you know, it's cool. It's back in style to be to be cool with black folks. Like, you know, I was I was uh, browsing the Internet and y'all know I sent y'all something where uh, Bleacher Report had the uh, had the two on two with uh, Quavo and J uh, Jack Harlow versus mm -hmm. uh, little baby and uh and two chains and they doing the whole get down where little baby got his got his duffel bag on him like he walking in like a player he got a check in at the at the metal detector you mm -hmm. know they got Bobby Schmurder coming in pants sagging i'm like okay so you know y'all trying to embrace the culture but you know 
I don't know how genuine it is. So it, but you know, it, it, it is what it is though. I, I I'll take it for what it is. And, you know, I think they had, uh, they had one of the bands, I think Florida A&M. Yes. FAMU and Grambling state. Right. Uh, did the, um, did the introduction or play during the introduction of the, uh, of team Durant and team LeBron's, uh, you know, uh, introduction to the team. Then they had Clark Atlanta University, uh, Philharmonic sing uh, the Black National Anthem. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, like, you know, I was I was watching the game with my son, with my eight year old son, and uh, he has a well, I wouldn't call him a tutor, but an instructor that he uh, that he sees in the afternoon and you know to help him during COVID to make sure he stays sharp on his on his schoolwork or whatever. And he teaches him like, you know, the you know like the black side like the stuff that he doesn't get in school on top of like the math and the english and all the other stuff so you know as soon as i heard it i said austin come here uh what what are they singing he was like oh yeah that's the that's the song mr easy who makes me sing and i'm like oh, okay so you know about it but you know you're not he's not learning that from school so it was it was a good look you know if you know what you're looking for but again i'll take it for what it was you know i'm not gonna knock it because they didn't have to do it but mm-hmm. you know yeah speaking of clark too um they just had to hold the hbcu thing like i said they had um the student ashton edmonds do the interview of uh chris paul at uh, right before it was the pregame situation that was part of it um and he did ask chris paul a question and i was wondering too like how how involved these cats really want to get with the hbcus he asked him if he would at some point consider being a coach of one of the teams and he didn't say necessarily say no, but he didn't sound like it was something he had actually really thought about. He did mention that, you know, he wants to con- continue, you know, being involved in his own AAU program and coaching his team. Um, and that's Chris Paul I'm speaking of. And he talked about a lot of his family members going to the surrounding schools around, you know, his his hood where he grew up and everything, you know, A&T. And- He's from Winston. He's from Winston-Salem. Winston-Salem, exactly. So they right. all all his peoples go to either went to either Winston Salem State, North Carolina Central, um, maybe North Carolina A and T. You know, like they went to the they was in the hood with it. They were in the HBCUs. Chris Paul, right? Because of basketball, got a way out. Um, I found something interesting about Chris Paul because I think I don't know if it was before the game or halftime or whenever they did it, but when they talked to when they interviewed Chris Paul and you know, how he got involved with the HBCU thing. And he was talking about how he was taking a business course at Harvard University under his LLC, right? So he's trying to probably trying to build his brand. Mm-hmm. He goes to Harvard and he, he he's like, okay, this is a cool class or whatever. I wonder if they offer this type of class in the uh, at the HBCUs. And, you know, so he he reached out to the uh, the professor of the um of the class and you know, found out that, you know, hey, they don't they don't offer these type of classes at the HBCUs because they don't have the funding to back it up. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, when I so when you hear me complain or talk about like, yeah, when, you know, all these rich people like Jeff Bezos, ex-wife gave money to Howard, like Howard has all the funding it should ever need, you know, but there's a lot of HBCUs that are not spoken for that really do need funding because. The top tier, the top tier uh, universities 
the way that they get their funding is that alumni, you know, they become successful, they make it. And when they, you know, pass on or even while they're still alive, they give back to the university and HBCUs don't really have the type of alumni that are going to, you know, that, that are giving back on a regular basis to give them these endowments where they have, you know, a hundred million, 200, 300, 400, 500 million sitting in case they ever need it. You know, it was, it was, it was cool to hear that dynamic on a big, you know, just on a big screen where everybody kind of understands what it is. Um, I think we have a ways to go, but you know, 15, 20 years, we could see a little dent, a little dent in, you know, how they view HBCUs, but you know, we got, we got a little, we got ways to go. Right, right, right. And I'm, interested in seeing how this uh why not us documentary is going to turn out um that's the one where they're highlighting you know your your uh school ubang north carolina central um he talked about uh lavelle moton and a little bit chris paul did in that interview the pregame interview so um all that stuff was good man i mean while while we did say it you know it kind of had that charitable feel it's like Kevin mentioned something last episode where he said you need alliances, right? And it's like you got to bring it to light some way. And that big stage is controlled by the powers that be currently. You know, you don't have your own league as we've always been talking about shit like that on this podcast. You don't have that right now. So to Ubang's point, it's good to see some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? It's good to see it being brought to light on the big stage. So I definitely agree on that end y'all use the word charitable i'll use the word political it it almost it just seemed like the nba was picking up from where they left off when they were in the bubble um you know big issue was george floyd and uh you know there was the the black lives matter agenda i I don't want to say agenda but they were they were pushing that black lives matter wearing the shirts the WNBA was uh, pushing as far they were pushing for voting because uh, they had the uh, the former owner for the uh, Atlanta Dream that they did not want to win in office. So they were pushing an agenda as to who they wanted the world to vote for. Kelly Loeffler, Loughlin or Loeffler? Loeffler, yeah. But they had the vote Warnock. That's what the, that's what the shirt was. Right. Or, the vote Warnock. And, and he did eventually win. Yes, <laughs> he did. And she, recently, and she recently sold her stake in the team. So she no longer, she is no longer a part of the WNBA ownership. That is, yes. Yeah. So I just, so I looked at it as being more political that, we're just we're trying to push this agenda. Um, the agenda right now, I'm I'm unclear on what the agenda actually is. I I want to I want to say it's more like the 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 illusion of inclusion that we're including black people and that we're creating this utopian society where everyone is equal and we're all on an equal playing field and in, 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 in level. That's what it feels like to me. So I didn't I didn't feel charitable. I felt like political. I feel like it was political. Okay, so let me let me ask this. Because you brought up a couple things. You brought up that political intent being, I guess you would say, one of the uh one of the driving forces of what was going on with the bubble or in the bubble. Mm-hmm. 
you know, surrounding the NBA while they were playing in the bubble, right? Okay, so let me ask y'all about LeBron James and his comments about the All-Star Weekend. So uh, it was reported by uh, Mark Medina of USA Today. Um, I guess he spoke with him, and and this is this is what he says. This is what the quote says. Obviously, I love our league. I love the game of basketball at the highest level and doing what I love to do. I just think under these circumstances, with what we're going through still with the pandemic and everything, with the season, I just thought we could have looked at it a little bit differently. But that's out of my hands. I can only control what I can control. That's the end of the quote. Um, What do you guys think about that statement? LeBron just, he had 71 days off between the championship run and the beginning of this season. I think he wanted to use the time off to rest his body because he hasn't, he's been going full throttle and um, you know, AD has been on the mend with that injury. That's eerily similar to that KD injury uh, his last year in golden state. So LeBron's been having to push it. And I just did, I think that he was more disappointed that he was going to have to play in a game, you know, over that weekend where he thought he was going to have maybe a week to, you know, kind of relax, rejuvenate his body. But if I'm not mistaken, I think he played in the first half. I don't think I saw him in the second half. Right. He sat it out. So he got, you know, he got his rest. You know, he did what he he, he came out there as an as an ambassador of the league. You have he has no choice. You're an ambassador of the league. You're like the big homie now. You're like Kobe towards the end of his career. Like you have to come out. You have to show up. Uh, I think he did that. I think Chris Paul represented the NBA well. He was the only one that wasn't really out there hot dogging. And you can see when he was, uh, especially when he was guarding James Harden, he was, it wasn't all-star. It wasn't all-star <laughs> game shit. He was locked in. <laughs> see, he was locked in when James Harden was on the ticket. Like, oh, I got you. Uh, I'm strapped <laughs> in. Right. <laughs> Madness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he did what he had he did what he had to do and he got up out of there man so you know i think it was it was a point well taken i agree with you but i'm gonna expound on it a little bit more because i think it was more to it okay so quick question are we in a pandemic right now we are okay so we've got individuals traveling from i don't know 20 different states that are nba all-stars all going to Atlanta during this quote unquote time of being a pandemic. Um, you know, last year, LeBron was a huge proponent of pushing forward with the league. He didn't want to stop. So now if we're taking people from all these different states that have had exposure to God knows how many people, and now they're all meeting in Atlanta for an NBA all-star weekend there's no social distancing. Let's let's throw that out the window, right? And you've got exposure. There are there's a chance that you're going to have exposure. So now you're putting the season at risk to create this NBA All-Star game and then it goes back to what you were saying, Ubang, in terms of LeBron hasn't had enough rest. So if it he wants another championship run. So one, you want to get rest, but two, why would you put the season at risk for this event when 
you know that you're not even going to get the same crowd and turnout in the first place because we're in a pandemic. Okay. Well, well, let me let me ask this then. You said LeBron pushed for the season to right. continue last year. Yes. Right. Yes. It, we were in a pandemic then, brother, and I didn't hear him talk about looking at it differently there. You want respect on your name, and you want respect on that championship you won in the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you want to push for it when you want to push for it, but you don't want to push for it when you feel a different type of way. I don't know what the different type of way is because I don't know what we could have looked at it differently means from his point, but my thing is like, Keep the same energy, man. It's like you you want to play or you don't want to play because last I heard, you wanted to play. And, so he, me, and these motherfuckers ain't even playing in the bubble no more. They fly in different places anyway. And I, I got a rebuttal for that. But Uban, come in. I was, I was just going to say that I think LeBron got caught in a social media moment, right? This is the social media era. And um, I think LeBron, had that been in the late 90s, you would have probably never heard that. But He's just frustrated. Like, yo, I really didn't want to play. Like, I really wanted to take the time off. Like, at the end of the day, that's what it came down to. It's not about anything that has to do with COVID. I'm pretty sure LeBron, he has so much money and so many people on the payroll that he is so insulated. He's good. And just just as a reminder, Atlanta, I love my black people in Atlanta. They wide open. They, it's no COVID, nothing whatsoever. That was before All-Star Weekend, so All-Star Weekend was only going to amplify it, you know? Like, they were partying. The clubs was packed. The Mm. clubs was packed in Atlanta this weekend, right? So I don't know if COVID, if if you're afraid of COVID, you're better off in Los Angeles where everything is shut down than going to the ATL because in the ATL, listen, they getting they getting popping out there in the ATL. They, st- they probably still partying right now. So it was something funny that when I watched the um when I was listening to or watching the game, and every time they went into commercial, they playing a different Atlanta artist. They playing like Two Chain, Shorty Low, Jeezy, Gucci. I said, mm-hmm, yo, mm-hmm. it's culture out <laughs> there. You know what I mean? Like in the city, I, I think you know the NBA and the city lost out on so much money because of COVID because. You know, Atlanta's one of those cities where you want to have an all-star game because you know the people going to turn up. Like I ta- like I told you about um, uh, HBCUs coming to the Rose Bowl. Like Atlanta's one of the spots where if you got black people coast to coast, they'll show up. Mm-hmm. Black folks will show up to go to an all-star game in Atlanta. It's one of those cities, man, where, you know, you're going to turn up. You got the you got the uh, you got the strip club culture. So you got Magic City, Blue Flame, you know, Strokers, like all that shit out there. So. You know, it's a it's a it's a ballers. I was I think I was watching um Gilly the Kid. Mm-hmm. He was a uh, Gilly the King he, now. <laughs> yeah, whatever he wants, whatever he goes by, Gilly. So he was at uh he was in the lobby of the hotel and he was like, "Yo, like I'm at this five star hotel in Atlanta, and you know this joint is like thirteen hundred a night." And I come down to the lobby and he like shows like some white folks over here, some white folks over there sitting down trying to have lunch, and he's like, "I come over here to the corner." And it's about 15, 20 dudes then turn the lobby of the hotel into a, a gambling spot. They shooting dice in the <laughs> lobby. A five-star hotel, 1300 a night in Atlanta. But that's the culture, though. You feel me? Like, that's just what it is. They're going to do that regardless. So, you know, I think 
the NBA lost out on a lot of money. The city lost out on a lot of money just because so many people that normally would have gone didn't go. So all in all, I feel LeBron just from a, a, a selfish standpoint as a as a Laker fan, because I think LeBron needs to sit his ass down. I think he needs to miss some more games in general because he's putting a lot of he's putting a lot of mileage on his body. And uh, it reminds me of that that season that we had where uh, we uh, Mike D'Antoni was the coach and Kobe was he was running Kobe into the ground. Don't mention it. Kobe running. Don't do it, yeah. please. <laughs> oh, please don't. Man. Please knock on wood. I'm knocking on wood. Ah, no, I'm I'm hey man. Wood. Hey, well, LeBron said that he show he's showing up every day for his guys, and when he's interviewed. You know, he that's that's the message that he's putting out. Ubang, I know you say his handlers are always telling them this is what you say, this is how you respond, but that's the message he's putting out there. So it's like you want to show up and play every day. You doing this every day. You don't want to take games off. I get that you probably don't want to fuck with the all-star weekend, but look at the message you're putting out there. Yeah. So my I, I just want to get my rebuttal to DP. So my rebuttal to what you were saying was um when LeBron wanted the season to push forward, there so it was April 30th when he put that tweet out, right? That he wanted the season to to go forward. April 30th of 2020. And when he put that tweet out, um, things were bad nationwide, but they were especially bad in in certain places. It was like New York, like Philadelphia, uh uh the East Coast, and it was like some of the reservations in Arizona. And then there were a lot of things unknown. So back then, you were hearing the things of, well, the virus can't survive in heat. It can't survive in warm weather. It was all these things. So to LeBron's defense and him wanting to push forward, well, he wanted the title. And what the NBA do? The NBA made provisions. They created a bubble to keep the season going. But for All-Star and, and for this season, again, there is no bubble now. So now it's players have to use their own. Don't say that they don't that they didn't make provisions though. I'm, don't I'm, say that I'm they didn't that make provisions for the All Star game either though, because they did. Okay, well, if you look at it, you had two you had two All Stars, one being a starter that couldn't play because they had exposure to someone that had COVID right before the All Star break. So it's unsure how long they're going to be out. That's and if they, that's even, another point. Wait, wait, hold on. That's a different point. The the thing that you said is they made provisions for the bubble. Did they not make provisions for the All Star game also? Well, when I started, out I didn't see hundred. I didn't see a hundred thousand niggas in the stadium watching. I mean, in the arena watching the basketball game. No, but I said they made have, provisions. But you have players coming from I don't know fifteen different states. So yes, but, you don't but Kevin, had, you don't know if they've had exposure or not. So that's taking a chance to delay the season or possibly cancel the season if you have too many cases and too many Kevin, people contract the virus. Kevin, have you been watching NBA basketball this whole season? Yes. Okay, that is not the first time that somebody has been taken out for COVID. The fact that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons wanted to get fresh lineups and be fresh to death for the motherfucking All-Star break, and they got you know potentially exposed to a barber who was who had COVID. That's the reason why they got yanked. But people have been getting yanked for the entire season. 
So that's the, the fact that they've made provisions. That's one. That's one of them. And that's why those motherfuckers weren't able to play in the game. They're yes. making changes and accommodations to try to have some sort of something that's a, you know, that resembles the regular season. It's not going to be, you know, the same way that a regular all-star weekend would be, obviously, but they're trying to put something out there. It seems to me for motherfuckers to say, okay, hey, we're trying. But uh, yeah, it's not going to be the same. But my thing is, it wasn't the same in the bubble. Yeah. It was it was no, not they, the same they, in the they, bubble. But they're traveling again. They're traveling, Kev, during this season. Right. <laughs> no, no, I get they, they But I'm saying, I'm, I'm, but I'm saying when they travel, you're talking about two teams that are playing each other, right? You're not talking. So the again, the All Star, you're taking. 20 you're taking players from 15 different teams 15 different teams and the best players on each team so if there's a situation where one guy or two guys contracted and they've got exposure to all those other all-stars this is now all those all-stars have to stay in quarantine in Atlanta. hey well guess what all those all-stars will stay in quarantine and the nigga with the splinters on his ass at the end of the bench gets to play. That's yep. that's the chance that they take, but the show goes on. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's yep. what they do. They make they make provisions. If there's a hiccup, hey, guess what? Uh 12th man, get your ass up and get in there and play now. I, I'm that's, just I'm j I'm just going to the point of, of LeBron's argument. What's the what's the point of it though? That's what I'm saying. Like you still didn't you still didn't I, I, answer. Well, I, I said why I said why risk the league? Why risk uh the league in delaying games for this event? Why so I I, I agree with Uban as far as the rest goes, but I said I believe it's more than just rest. I don't think it's just right. about rest. Okay, and that's the point that I'm addressing. Your point about you, Ubang is saying he doesn't think it's so much related to the pandemic. I get that. Yeah, he I'm thinks it's LeBron is like, fuck it. I'm tired, motherfuckers, but I got to say this shit in front of y'all. Here you go. You are saying that you think the whole situation, it sounds to me that it goes beyond that and it is pandemic related and that there could be more implications that are tied to the pandemic then they're being talked about i mean i look at it like this i don't think lebron wants anything to stop the title run and the chance of winning again his window is closing so if there's a chance that the the season can get delayed or canceled nah lebron lebron wants to win again there's a chance every day though the only thing stopping the title run is the fucking lakers shooters can't shoot <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame that shit on All Star Weekend, right? Like fuck them. Anyway, um, and, and and just for just for the record, I think it's my personal opinion. I have nothing to back it up. Ben Simmons and uh and Joel was probably out functioning in Atlanta uh, <laughs> Saturday or Thursday, whatever. Saturday night. Hey, I don't doubt it. Dude. You know what I mean? Like I said, you know, you got strokers. You got you got the that blue was flame. a late call. You know that what was mean? a late call too. Yeah, Magic City. Right, exactly. So they was out. You know, it wasn't like, oh man, let me go get a fresh lineup on Friday morning, and then all oh, the barber got COVID. Now nah, we seen you functioning where the cameras wasn't at, and as the NBA, we gonna tell your ass to sit down. That's all yeah. that was. I mean, you know, I, I hear, I hear what what both of y'all saying, and I, you know, I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, okay, where's where's the the uh the same energy? When you're when you're looking at the game, you want the game to keep going. That's part of the game. You speak that company man talk. That's part of the game. You know, I'm just I don't know. I could be looking at it 
too, you know, under a microscope and dissecting it a little bit too much. But I'm just like, hey, man, there's a risk you take every day. You motherfuckers ain't in a bubble no more. You these motherfuckers are traveling to different states and playing different teams in their own arenas the minus the fans you know what i'm saying but it's not the same as being in the bubble so i don't think it was a huge stretch to go to the all-star game and i do i get your point kevin to say like if one of those motherfuckers catch it all the motherfuckers in the league have to be quarantined i mean all those all-stars in the league have to be quarantined but Hey, that would be a great story for the in it for the NBA because then it would be like something for motherfuckers to talk about, right? Oh, all of these uh all stars have to be quarantined. Now l- look at who's playing these games. You know how long they would talk about that shit? Like they these motherfuckers are looking at here for all kind of shit. In your starting lineup, <laughs> that's small forward, Alex Caruso. <laughs> 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 oh, a lot shit. Of <laughs> oh man 10 day contracts all that shit but <laughs> i think i think the i think the nba um saw the direction that the nfl went into this season and they had some bumps in the road and they just said fuck it man we're gonna push on you know they had to delay a couple of games they had to postpone a couple of games you know, if you look at the NBA schedule, the second half of the season, it's a lot of back-to-backs. You're going to be seeing motherfuckers playing every, every like, two, three nights, in, you know, uh, two out of three nights, four out of five nights. They'll have a back-to-back, a game, uh, a day off in between, and then another back-to-back. So all those teams that had games that got postponed in the front half of the season, we're going to get all them games back. You know what I mean? So um, it's the NBA, it's, it, at the end of the day, it's a business. And sorry, we, you know, we, we dealt with a pandemic, but the plan for this season was always to get back on track because, remember, we forget real quickly why the Lakers had 71 days off. They had to po- they had to um, delay the end of last season and pick up later on. So they had a, you know, the, the season ended in, de- what, damn near December? And then you're talking about starting the league back up so that you can get back on track and end the season when it would normally end. So now you're, you know, you're the, they've done it. Now they just have to power through the season. Once this season is over, everybody goes back to the, you know, the, they restore normal order. You know, you have your regular training camp, your regular, um, you know, your, your draft, your training camp, all that good stuff, preseason, all that stuff. And then you, you, you resume your season. Um, the hardest part about, I think both the NBA and the NFL is going to be, how the fuck do you draft this season? Well, I think what with the NBA, the NCAA, they're still playing. Some teams are still playing. So mm-hmm. there's games being played in the NCAA. A lot of the big, you know, the big conferences, and I think they're going to put a lot of they're going to put a lot of emphasis on on March Madness this year for sure. So you're gonna, you know, a lot of guys going to get drafted off of what they do in March. You know, more so than you've seen in the past, just because this is a shortened season. But all in all, man, it's a business, a billion dollar business at that. We've already been crippled by COVID. We're not going to let LeBron, no matter how big you are, no matter how much of a star you are, we're not going to let you take, you know, a couple dollars, a couple more dollars out of our pocket by telling us to cancel All-Star Weekend. We need the money more so than LeBron needs the money. In fact, we need the money to keep paying LeBron. What the fuck we pay him? So, LeBron, (laughs) this is one of the times where this is one of the times where we got to tell you to shut up and dribble, nigga. (laughs) Shut up and dribble. (laughs) Man. Hey, I think um, 
to that point too, well, to one of the points about the draft, how they'll draft, I think they're going to look at the G League too um, because they, they have that. Some of those games have been coming on uh, ESPN and stuff. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but um, a lot of people have been talking about, uh, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. and just the comparisons, uh, Jalen Green comparing him to uh, different players like um, Big Depot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I've heard some other some other crazy uh, comparisons. Man, I've heard the tra- uh, Tracy McGrady comparison too. Um, yeah, I, hey, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you what people have been saying. Like they've been throwing some different names around, and I'm like, yo, yo, that's uh, that's some high praise, man. No, you got him. You got it, it's a yeah, it's a few G League guys. You got uh, Jalen Green. You got Jonathan Kaminga. You got Deshaun Nix. You got Isaiah Todd. You know, and again, shout out to Levar Ball. He's what applied that pressure, <laughs> and, and where the G League is like, you know what, we need to uh really get in the mix and uh, create a funneling system to where we can snatch the top high school players, pay them a contract for a year to where they're not going overseas, they're not playing college basketball, and they're going to be pros the following year. Because, you know, it's a correlation. When you look at the uh, the top 14 picks in the draft, the lottery picks, I would say 10 to 12 of those players are in the top 15 in high school the year before so you you can you can almost look at it it's like you look at who the mcdonald's all americans are this year and in two years those half of those players will be lottery picks so that the nba and the nba has been doing that for like the last i'd say seven eight years so that's kind of the trend they've done a good job of hyping up the g league and I don't know the, the inner workings, but it just it always seems like uh, maybe the NBA has, you know, contracts behind the scenes with Bleacher Report and some of the other um, social media platforms because they, you know, they highlight the Jalen, uh, the Jalen Greens and all these dudes. And you like, oh, these dudes is really killing it in the G League. You know, mm-hmm. you've been seeing more highlights from the G League and they're doing their thing and they're making it, you know, very obvious that you know if these dudes if the the top guys if the top guys want to say hey listen i want to pursue my career as a professional no different than a tennis player can pursue a professional career at 14 or an amateur golfer can pursue a career at you know at 17 or 18 or you know even these baseball players they get signed before they even go to college like let me pursue my let me pursue my career as a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be college for everybody. And you know we talked about Levar Ball. You you brought up Levar Ball, and you know I ride for him all the time. But look at Lamelo Ball. They killed this dude. They killed him. Now all these the same people that was killing him saying like oh he's all he's all sizzle no you know he's all seasoning no no steak no substance. Now they're like man you know he's a wow I think we 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 got it wrong on him. Oh, you did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You did. You know, yeah. we when he was overseas playing against grown-ups in Lithuania and Croatia and wherever the wherever the fuck else he was at, Australia. But yeah. And you guys are saying, like, oh, he's not playing the same level talent as he's playing in the NBA. Okay, mm-hmm. well, you know, he's and 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 the fucked up thing is Charlotte tried to play him in the beginning. He's doing numbers off the bench. It took 
um, a Rozier, Terry Rozier getting injured for them to insert him in the starting lineup or else they were going to keep him coming off the bench. Now you insert him in the starting lineup. He's averaging like 26 and six. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, why the fuck would you guys try and it's because you guys didn't want to feed the narrative of the, of this, you know, LeVar ball son, you know, you're going to make him earn his respect in the, in the league and this and the third, you're going to come off the bench, even though he's one of your better players, you put him in the lineup and now he's showing you what he can do. So, you know, to all the, I I like what they're doing with the G league and allowing these kids to um, bypass college. And again, it's not just everybody. We're not going to have every, you know, every kid that thinks they're great. That's mm-hmm. gonna bypass college and go to the G League. Some of you guys need to go to college and fi- and you know hone your skills. But for the right. top guys, so like you know when it when it comes to like a Mikey, and, and obviously he's still young. So a Mikey Williams, a Bronny James, they're still very young and they still have to develop a lot. We don't know if they're actually gonna pan out, but it looks like they will. You know what will it look like for those guys when they come? You know when it's time for them to come into the league. You mm-hmm. know there's a lot of talk about both Bronny and. Mikey Williams, who actually moved out to North Carolina, about both of them uh, being the, the top spot, the top landing spot for both of them being North Carolina Central. And, you know, I don't know if that has, you know, what ties that has to like backdoor deals or whatever, whatever, whatever. But I don't see how a Mikey or a Bronny would go to college if you got the G League that's offering you what? What 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 are they getting like a, a two hundred thousand or two hundred fifty thousand or something like that? It depends on um where they're ranked. So Jalen Green is making like five hundred thousand, mm-hmm. um, right? Because he was like the number two player in the country. Uh, but right. then so they're making like two hundred between two, two two to five hundred, and it's just yeah. for a gap stop, right? So that's just like a hey man, this is like a this is like your your preseason, your you know like your like if if you were in baseball, you're in the minors. For a year, make you a cool five hundred thousand. Go buy you a chain. You know how the how the young dudes do. Go buy you a little, you know, a, a shady little chain for fifty racks and get you a nice car and get ready to come to the league. So on draft day, you can go out there and do your thing. But mm-hmm. um, it's it's going to change the way we look at sports. And I know DPU has sent us an article about um, a league that was um, or a league that was going to start incentivizing high school kids. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go too far. I don't want to go too far. It, 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 ex- yes. Okay, but I've been but, sitting over here chomping at the bit like I'm, I'm about to say something about it. I'm about to say nah, something about it, baby. No, I'm not going to go too deep, but um, uh, quick point. I didn't want to cut you off. I think it was Devontae Graham who got hurt and they and then they were inserting um, uh, LaMelo Ball and he's been playing alongside Rozier. And that's actually been a good combination. Uh, yeah, because Rozier was ripping off like 40 point games. I think he had a couple of them. Um, but I mean, that's a great point of, you know, this this guy did not want to go being, you know, LaMelo Ball. He didn't want to go that college route. Right. So he was circumventing the system. Him and his dad, you know, finding a way to circumvent the system. And Ubang, you just mentioned that article is it's overtime elite pro basketball league. Um, so they plan on launching in September. So I would say, I guess this is this upcoming uh, fall semester for kids. I don't know the details of it, but just the gist of it is they plan on paying high school level kids. So the business has already seeped down the AAU. Let's be real. The business of it has seeped down the AAU, but now they're trying to include the business of it, of paying the kids, legally paying the kids. 
and not just cutting them out of the business of the game. I don't know if that's a good thing, bad thing, or in between. But again, we're not going to dig too deep into it in this episode, but yeah. we're going to definitely talk about that shit. Uh, and, and one thing to your point of, of, of LaMelo, I'll say this. Um, I don't even know if he necessarily didn't want to go to college, but the colleges weren't recruiting him and they weren't sending him letters. And then it was talked that because he played basketball overseas in Lithuania and got paid, that technically he was a professional and that by rule he could not play basketball for the NCAA. You know what? I'm going to say this too, though, Kevin. Yeah. Think, just looking at his dad. Right. Oh. Looking at his dad and who he is and seeing well, what happened to his brother. You beat me to right, be right before him. It's like they already looking like, hey, man, at the drop of a dime. We already know how these institutions can do kids. If they, if they fuck up, it's they're blacklisted. Scarlet letter on their chest. Get them the fuck out of here. Where, where my where my boy DNA at? Get them the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> Get that the fuck out of here. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but it's like they see that. So they're taking it into their own hands to say, hey, man, we're not about to let this shit happen. We're going to everybody says this shit and it kind of everybody all they're talking about control the narrative. Everybody throws that that shit around, but they trying to control the scene. And I don't blame them. But hey, listen, who can listen, here, check me out, though. Looking back at it, if you're an AD at a school that had a chance to go after LaMelo Ball and you could have had him for one year. Do you not feel stupid? <laughs> he couldn't get any love from Kentucky, Duke, Carolina. You don't think you see what he's doing in the NBA? You don't think he could have made those programs better in the one in one season? Right. And he was getting fringe offers from LIU, Brooklyn, and uh I think there was some 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 uh talks that maybe USC might, you know, be interested in. Might? What are we talking about? Yeah. We're talking about a what? We're talking about a top yeah. two, three pick in the NBA and, and top college programs don't want to touch him? Oh my gosh, man, that shit is crazy to me. Mm -hmm. There's there's some players pissed off. Like, damn, if I would have played with Lamelo, I'd have went in the draft because I know he would have gave me the basketball. <laughs> God damn, yeah. that's, and that's the thing about it, man. Me, man. He's not even he's not even a, a a selfish player too. So that's the that's the thing about him. So he is making the making the the basketball plays. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Getting and that's why involved top, and shit like that. But that's why at the top we need to have change. Right. It's too many old white people that control things when it comes to sports, things when it comes to black athletes. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't understand the culture. You need to put people in positions that can actually know where these kids are coming from, know the situation that they're in. Think like these kids. Right. And your program is going to get more looks to think that you have, uh, as a lot of people call them, suits. Right. You got an old white man in a suit and tie trying to speak on things that have to do with young kids coming from inner cities and urban areas, right? 18 year olds at that, you're never going to be able to get the, get the right call. And with what they're doing with AAU now to where you're trying to make these guys seem like, cause AAU guys, right? These underground AAU guys were the plug. They were the, they were the conduit right between the players coming out of high school, coming out of inner cities and the, the suits that, you know, that don't know anything about the streets, don't know anything about where these kids come from, but they just see that, the, that Jamal can hoop. Right. Mm -hmm. So now that you're trying to, you know, alienate those guys, you need to have more people of color in the power structure, especially at the top. Mm -hmm. I was telling DP off air, it took a black AD to come to UCLA 
and finally schedule some football games against HBCUs. You know, if it's just Chip Kelly, if it's just Chip Kelly, the head coach, he's not saying, hey, man, go get me a North Carolina Central or uh, Alabama State and th- throw them on the throw them on the schedule. He don't give a fuck, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, we 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 we've gone off the beaten path for a little bit. Yeah, and uh, real quick, one of the points you made about the underground um, AAU guys, y'all know I always like to plug shit, plug our shit. If motherfuckers are new to the podcast, y'all need to go back and check episode fifteen called "Check Out This New Scheme I Found Out About," mm. and that is where we talked about the HBO documentary "The Scheme." And, and so we we've touched on this AAU shit before. So, but yeah, but back back to the script of the 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 All Star game, like Uban said, um, the Skills Challenge. Did you guys watch the Skills Challenge? I did not. I did. So, Demontis Sabonis won. <laughs> um, so should should the NBA be ashamed of itself that a big man <laughs> won the Skills Challenge? You know, this isn't the first time Demarcus Cousins won some years. He ago. did. Yeah. Chris Paul was in it. Um, I guess we're pushing the narrative that Europeans are more skilled than uh <laughs> than, 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 than the, than the, the who's, who's pushing that narrative? <laughs> the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> the show ain't me. Oh man! So then the three point uh, contest that was a little more interesting, man. Um, Vintage Steph. It came down to the last shot, man. And it would have been, it came down to uh, Steph Curry needing his last money ball to to win. He was down and, two. I know he was down man. one. He was down one. You know what's it funny about that contest? 27, 28. You know what's funny about that contest? I'm looking at Mike Conley, and I'm like, this nigga <sighs> weaseled his way into the whole All-Star weekend. Dude. <laughs> He's an all-star, and then I'm looking like, what the hell are you doing in the three-point <laughs> contest? And I'm watching him shoot, and I'm like, okay, that looks good. That looks good. Mm-hmm. Damn, this guy can actually shoot. Then he made it out the first round, and I'm looking like, this nigga has a chance to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm Amen. Like, and, hey. and I'm not even a Curry fan <laughs> like that, but I was rooting for Curry because I just couldn't pull myself to see Mike Conley win. I was on the other side yeah. of the fence. <laughs> I was like, you motherfuckers, Kurt. I was like, I'm I'm, I'm off. I, I respect Curry. But I was like, Conley has been conned. They've conned Conley out of 14 years. Out of those 14 years, he couldn't have got one, baby. Just give me one, baby. One rib. Can I get one rib? Mm-mm. I'm like, this nigga didn't get selected one time in 14 years weaseled in however he did oh yeah and was about to win and got his heart broken because the replacement he got in because the replacement got injured the replacement (laughs) Evan Booker didn't want to go in as a replacement and said fuck it I have a sprain something so he said fuck y'all I'm out but that's why I was like, man, please let this motherfucker win this contest. Like, fuck y'all. So this nigga can go into history books. <laughs> and, Steph was, and Steph was off two in the second round. Let me tell you what saved him. Them two uh, them two Mountain Dew balls. Yeah. Yes. The, the three-pointers. The ones those. that counted for three. Yeah. He hit both of those because he was bricking. But, you know, he's a shooter, man. And at the end of the day, 
I was watching that with the kids, man, and we kind of got hyped that it came down to the last shot. Mm-hmm. And you know that was a hell, that was a photo finish, man. That was a good one. That was actually probably like the highlight of the damn of the of the compressed All Star Day. <laughs> uh, I I guess that's I guess that's Ubang's preface for the dunk contest. Oh, gosh. <laughs> right. Oh gosh. Oh. All Star Day, All Star Day in Atlanta. Oh, yeah, that was that was that was, a, that was a, it, I'm not gonna say it was a weak dunk contest. It was they did it at halftime of the damn game. Right. It normally gets like the you know, like it normally gets like the hype, the build up of being like the it's the culmination you know, of the night. Exactly. And they couldn't even give him that. But hey, the young boy, um, Anthony si- Anthony Simon, Anthony Simon, he went to IMG Academy. Yes, man, that young boy get up, bouncy. Yeah, he gets up, bro. That last one, it was underrated. Now, obviously, the only reason he didn't kiss the rim was because he wouldn't have been able hit. He didn't want to knock his teeth out. (laughs) He was going so much force that he didn't want to. He didn't want to damn get that close to the rim. But he was he was essentially letting y'all know that he was damn near chin to the rim at six three. Hey, nigga, he had. When he when he took it off the mini hoop, the little nerf hoop and dunked, they should have already known. Woo! Stop. I was like, him. man, he got boosty. That should have been a fifty off the fact that he's six three, and he went up there and grabbed that thing from eleven, like eleven and a half feet. That's crazy, crazy. And you know the other kid, um, Cassius Stanley, he got he got the pedigree. Yo, yo, he got yo, the pedigree yo. because I think both of his parents were like uh, Olympians and at UCLA. Listen, he man. went to, he went to I, Arizona, I, right? I got a, I got a, no, no, no. He, no, went, he to went to Duke. He went to I Duke. Talk, okay. I, I, I'm gonna wait for you to finish Ubon because I, I got some stuff I got to get off my chest about Cassius <laughs> Stanley, about the, uh, about that whole fiasco. Okay, nah, go, well, go for it. Go, go into it. it. Wait, wait. Before you go into it, I'm gonna just make this quick point. My brother said something, Ubon, and and you'll probably feel this shit. He said, "Put that nigga Cassius Stanley in a box." With Israel at Asanya, and had a nigga sit and marinate and think yeah. about how they were the biggest disappointments of the yeah. weekend. Stanley got the pedigree. Stanley got the pedigree. Obi Toppin, Obi Toppin, I, you know, he's, you know, big men don't really do good in that because there's only so creative, there's only so much creativity you can show it at his height with the stiff body. <laughs> With, the, with the shoulders, but, uh, so yeah, so I'm I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at the. So the first thing I always look at are the judges. I'm like, okay, you got Dominic Wilkins, okay, you got Spud Webb, okay, you got D Brown, okay, you got Josh Smith, okay, and you got Jason Richardson. All right, these are five former Slam Dunk champions. Five. So I'm like, okay, these are slam dunk champions. Of course, they know how to judge a contest. Of course. Wrong. <laughs> Cash Stanley's first dunk. His first one. His first dunk. They gave this man a 40. A four, was it a 44? A, four, a 44, man. A 44, <laughs> man. Yeah. Hey, 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 man. If 444s. Listen, man, if that wasn't at least a 48. Then maybe I'm tripping. Maybe 45, 46. <laughs> maybe I don't need to watch the duck. Yeah. 
after the dunk, <laughs> man, you see how salty Cassius Stanley's face was? His expression just never changed. You know, when you got a dunk again and you standing there with your legs crossed, <laughs> you know you don't. Yeah. This nigga was leaning with his legs crossed. I'm like, yeah. He don't even want to do it. Well, he and gave yeah, up he on the second cool. dunk. Man, man, because he was done after his first dunk. He was done. And and yeah. then and then to make the second dunk and to, to give up a, a 37. <laughs> wait. <laughs> it's because. Wait, yo, hold on, listen. Hold on, listen, wait, man. Hold on, because hold on, wait, his first wait, dunk. Wait, wait. He got a 37 on a made dunk. <laughs> Kevin. I, I've never seen a 37 on a made dunk dunk i've seen a 37 on a miss dunk this dude he got a 37 they pulled out hey hey you know what that's because his dunk that he made paled in comparison to the potential of the first dunk that he tried so they was like you gonna give us this oh fuck it that nigga could have did a double dribble dunk and, 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 and get a guy higher than a 37. At that point, they were picking on the man. A double dribble dunk. They was, they was picking on him, man. They was picking on him. They, yeah. Oh, shit. And they just held it up so nonchalant. Hey, you can't, Kevin, you can't, you can't give up on your dunks. You can't listen, but listen, he just went and did it. He said, fuck it. I done messed up on this one that I think people ain't never seen before. And he went and did an in-game dunk. You're not going to get a bunch of points for that. You're not. He would have been better off having Simon Cowell as a judge because them (laughs) niggas, man. Oh, my. Dominique Spud Webb. Spud Webb, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. None of them dudes could do his first dunk. Okay, maybe Jay Rich, the the Jasons, the J- Jason and Josh, they they could have pulled it off. I think Jay Rich did that one time. Not not like that where he's he because he switched legs. He jumped off the left leg and he switched it. Like yeah. uh, man, that dunk was incredible, man. And to get yeah. oh man, they, and, and then be, but also listen also to be the first dunker. You don't and have anything to go off of. <laughs> like you coming in dry. You coming in fresh. <laughs> hey, hey, Uba. Say everybody else should have been shaking in their boots after that. Like this nigga got a forty-four for that. <laughs> hey, man. I, 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 man. <laughs> My nigga Uba said you coming in dry. <laughs> Out the gate with this nigga, you get a forty-four. Niggas is like, oh shit. And the only and, person that was respecting it, the only person that was respecting it up there was Kenny Smith. Kenny Smith was the only person that was respecting it. Everybody else was like, oh, no, I, I gave him an eight. What? Right. <laughs> so, you know, but, you know, Kenny's a dunkologist, man. So Kenny's always going to see something that the, yeah. the human eye didn't see. Yeah. Kenny sees like, the stuff in replay, and there isn't even yeah. in a replay. He's seeing it in real time as replay. He's like, well, what you like, didn't was he kicked the toe and he turned the toe <laughs> and we a New Yorker could sell anything. Then he's trying to sell us on Obi. Give it to us for New York. We like he said something to the effect of uh, 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 of jump up and, and represent for New York City. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was a little disgusted with Obi, man, with Obadiah. I didn't even know his name was Obadiah until they bought his dad out there. It said, it said Obadiah Senior. So. <laughs> 
But our little, our little discussion. Obadiah in here. Yeah, Obadiah. Uh, he's he's a little stiff on his dunks, man. He's a little stiff on his dunks. He got the uh the Kevin McHale shoulders. He uh real 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 <laughs> stiff with it, man. Like I I wasn't impressed, man. I wanted to see Cassius and uh and and Anthony go at it, man. We we were robbed. Okay. You know, every every time the three point contest is more exciting than the slam dunk contest, we've been robbed. It should never be like that. That's true. <laughs> you, you know, it's bad, man. When Kenny Smith never said it's over, he didn't. Even yeah, they was waiting for that too. Well, they only had the show was only ten minutes. All right, like, it was it was crammed in too. So it was like you probably had niggas on the side rolling their hands like, come on, come on, <laughs> like, right, keep going, Let's get this shit over. <laughs> Damn, uh, going to set us back about four minutes. <laughs> Said, Damn, this nigga missed another one. Going to set us back another four minutes. You see the you see the players? The players didn't even go to the locker room for halftime. They sitting on the sideline playing with their kids like, oh, these niggas, man. Oh, we got to go back in for the third quarter. Oh, so right, every yeah. missed dunk costs four minutes. They get dead. Four minutes, brother. Oh, four. okay. Look, man. So, so let's go to the game. Uh, you know, it's I'm not gonna go into the details about the game. Um, the Le- team LeBron ended up winning 170. What was it? 170 to 150. Was that the final score? Yes. I don't know they won by by yes. 20 yep. points. Yes. Um, well, Giannis didn't miss a shot. Uh. 16 for 16, it was it? Was a stack points? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did y'all see when he was about to shoot that three and they was like, no! Mitch Miller, yeah. <laughs> and the nigga the banked it in. <laughs> yeah. Banked it in. That's how you knew it was his night. Right, right, right. So real quick, though. Real quick. So I want to ask y'all just the makeup of these teams, man. Uh, you tell me who would be the better GM when they retire if they decide to go that route. Uh, so, Team Durant, you had Bradley Bill, Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Zion Williamson, I mean, Nikola Vucevic, Julius Randle, Donovan Mitchell, Zach Levine, James Harden, Anthony Davis. Okay. Team LeBron, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Stephen Curry, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, Jalen Brown, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, Demonis Sabonis, Ben Simmons. I I can't I can't knock KD for his team because even he as the team captain didn't play. So <laughs> you didn't have him. You didn't have AD. <laughs> Kevin, we need you to stop being like Michael Jordan and picking rosters that uh, would be good if you're playing on them. Uh, (laughs) I I think that's the difference between the teams LeBron picked a team where he's like you know what I'm not even playing most of this game and I'm going to need them to get it done without me and that's what he did whereas Kevin Durant picked a team and had all those guys have played including him it would have been very interesting so Okay. You know, for that, I'm going to go with LeBron being the better GM. Um, I mean, since he's been picking teams, he hasn't lost. So, okay. Yeah. And are y'all down with that format? The you know the the playground style. The top dogs pick the pick the teams. I like it. 
I actually love it, man. Okay. And I love that they that they televise it. And so you <laughs> you get to see the behind the scenes as to how they feel about certain players. You seeing which all-star is really left on the board and and they're scratching their head like, yeah, I don't really want this one. <laughs> right. Like like the kid who picked Charles Barkley in the commercial. Like, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, okay, so LeBron would be the better GM. Uh, but you know, still shout out to Kevin Durant. Uh, but before we get out of here, man, shift from the all-star game. I want to give another shout out to a, another Kevin, a Kevin Patton Jr. But Kevin Patton Sr., can you please tell us why I'm giving this shout out to your son? Kevin Patton Jr. So um, those of you that don't know, I have a son. My son is a sophomore in high school. Um, he plays for Arizona Compass Prep, and he's on the second national team. So this uh, this third this past Thursday, the uh, the playoffs started, and it included eight different teams. And we were uh, the, their team was ranked number five. So they were the five seed. So on Thursday night, they played the four seed. And that came, that game came down to the wire. Matter of fact, they were down by 21 points in the third quarter. Um, and it's eight, excuse me, it's eight minute quarters. So they were down 21 points in the third quarter. They scratched, clawed, came back, tie game with 1.1 seconds, ball under the opponent's basket on the baseline. And uh, coach drew up a play. My son caught it, left hand layup, game over. We win by two. So that was the first round. In the second round, we played the number one seed, which was a team that had beat us like three times this that that uh this this year. We ended up beating that team. It was a discrepancy in the score at one point. They they never got it right, but we prevailed. We won by six. That was Friday night. Saturday night, they played in the championship and they played against the number three seed. They won that the state. Yeah, the state, the state they, championship. They, they played for the state championship which is the Canyon Athletic Association. So it's different than the regular Arizona State high schools. This includes prep schools. So this particular uh, um, championship in state playoff, it includes a shot clock. Regular Arizona high schools do not play with a shot clock. And for the most part, they play with two referees. We play with a shot clock. We have three referees. So in the state championship, we took on the number three seed, we won the game. It came down to the wire. We won the game 69 to 66. And so they captured a state championship. In the midst of capturing the state championship, they had a player of the game. The player of the game was my son, Kevin Patton Jr. Uh, 16 points, nine rebounds, four assists, three blocks. Uh, had, a, had a great all-around game, but he was the player of the game. So in addition to getting a medal, he got a plaque saying that he was the the player of the game. He was interviewed, um, had a nice interview. That was cool. So he is a state champion. And I also want to shout out my younger son, Kalai Patton, who's a freshman. Unfortunately, he was not able to play because uh, he sustained an injury in practice, which will keep him out for the next three weeks. Nothing major, more so a bone bruise. And just as precaution, we'll keep him out for the next three weeks. But he's a state champion as well because he is a part of the team and a part of the roster, and he played a pivotal role all year round. Yes. So shout out. Yes, not just a part. Yeah, not just a part of the roster. He was putting in work before he got hurt. So shout out to Kalai Patton as well. He's a freshman, Kevin Patton Jr., sophomore. Shout out 
motherfucking boys, state, man. motherfucking champions. Yeah, them Patton boys, them Patton boy. Boys. Woo. Hey. Man, thank God they play more like they uncle. <laughs> DP, <laughs> you know, I don't like to take all the credit, but I mean, you know, what can I say? You know, to make a statement, man, to that game, um, I wore a jersey. I wore my LaMelo Ball jersey because uh, I want to give a shout out to LeVar Ball. Love what you did with your sons, man. Keep it up. And yeah, you got a fan. Church. What's up, folks? We appreciate y'all tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on IG, Facebook, and Twitter at 2Ps and a Bong. That is the number 2, W-O-P-E-E-Z-A-N-D-A-B-O-N-G, 2Ps and a Bong. You can catch our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and more. And we're now on the One United Radio Network. You can find that at oneunitedradio.com. Again, we appreciate y'all rocking with us. We'll catch you on the next one.